So, I'm going to pray. Father, we give you thanks for the time of Christmas. We give you thanks for the time of celebrations, of presents, as we remember your gift of life through Jesus. We thank you for families and we remember that you brought us into your family through Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness and we thank you for your wonderful word and we pray that from your word today that you would speak to us and teach us And Father, that it would be more than just uh, stories or words from my mouth, but actual revelations that come by the power of your Holy Spirit as to who you are and what you've done for us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Joseph and Mary are engaged, and during their engagement, they find out that Mary's pregnant. That's, uh, That's not rare in any age. Because uh, everybody knows what that means. Uh, but Joseph knew what it meant better than anyone. And, and he was planning to uh, break off the relationship. And then uh, an angel tells him what an angel had already told Mary. The baby conceived is by the Holy Spirit. In other words, God's the father of this baby. Not Joseph. And so Joseph obeys God and he remains with Mary as her husband, even though the baby's not his. Both Joseph and Mary are incredibly obedient people, aren't they? They basically say, may it be to us as you've said. They just do what God says. And that sounds so easy, (laughs) but uh, incredibly difficult uh, and uh, incredibly important job. But the angel said two things particularly to jo- Joseph, which, are, uh, which we're going to look at today. The first one we, we said already in the kids' talk. He's, he's, you will call him Jesus. Now, Jesus means the one who saves. That's what the name means. Or the Lord saves. That's what the word Jesus means. And the angel tells Joseph something more. He will save his people from their sins. What do we need to be saved from? If you were to do a survey in Australia today, you might come up with different things than uh, you need to be saved from your sins, probably, wouldn't you? We need to be saved from, well, actually COVID probably first, or an evil government or something like that that's impeding our human rights, or maybe we need to be saved from another country that might invade us sometime. No one's got any fears about that. Or maybe we just need to be saved from sickness so that we all live to 120 and then die happily. Or, no, you're not so sure about that. Saved from uh, just terrible relationships in the world. I think if you want to know what you think you should be saved from, look at what you fear. What you're afraid of will be what you think you need the salvation from. Um, But... Uh, the angel tells Joseph the heart of the human problem is this. It's sin. And we need to be saved from sin. Why? Because chiefly, regardless of any other consequences of sin, sin separates us from the Father. We were made for a relationship with the Father. The, the outworking of it is it, it ruins everything in the world. That's just a little generalisation, but pretty much every relationship and everything else. But um, sin is our problem and 
that's not bad news because the angel says to Joseph, hear this, Jesus has come to save you from your sins. This child in the manger is the one who will save the world from their sins. He will save his people when he dies once and for all for them. You see, the heart of our problem really is that we rebel against God. And all other problems spring from this. So this is really good news because this happened in the past. Do you know that? He could say to Joseph, he will save his people from his sins. But we can, I can say to you, he has saved his people from their sins. You hear that? That's cool, isn't it? Hey, what a glorious thing. I don't mean to... Uh, um, go on a tangent and talk for hours on Christmas Day. But if I would ask Meg, she's sitting in the front row here, Meg, are you a Christian? <laughs> I, I did hear a yes. It was, yeah, it was slightly hesitant. But isn't it isn't a good thing that she doesn't say, I hope so, I might be. If I'm good, I'll get through. Hopefully I'll make it. You can just say yes. Why can you say that? Because God has done something through Jesus, which is a once and for all, which can give us an incredible confidence where we can proclaim to other people, but in our own hearts, he has dealt with our sins and therefore they're dealt with. And if he's dealt with most of our sins, we're all stuffed. That's colloquial. If he's dealt with all of our sins, we're in a good place. Has he dealt with all of our sins? Then Jesus came for something, didn't he? He came for something good. He has dealt with the sins of the world once and for all at the cross. And therefore, the problem with sin is it separates us from God. So there's no more separation. We're restored to a relationship with the Father. We can know him and that is what we're made for. Peace with God. It's not just when the the angel says there's going to be peace, it's not just, oh, I'm going to feel really good on the inside. Although that's sort of part of it. But it is peace with God. We're going to know God and there's going to be nothing between us and God. The second thing that the angel said to Joseph was, this child will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, if you've dealt with the sins of the world, then that separation is gone and God can be with us, in the midst of us. In fact, do you know when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into you? Do you know that? And the Holy Spirit's holy. So the Holy Spirit can't live anywhere where there's anything but holiness. Yeah? So if the Holy Spirit's living in you, you've got to be completely holy. Not you've got to make yourself completely holy because you can't do it. But Jesus has done that once and for all. Can you get that? God with us, God in us, God living. Uh, we're, sorry, we're living in him and, and uh, it's, it's awesome to be a Christian. True? Should I ask Meg that question? She's, oh, she's yes again, that's good. You see, this means even though the world is rebelled against God, it is not a lost cause because he hasn't given up on us He has sent his son into a world of rebels to save us. And this is where we get our life 
It's where we get our identity. It's, it's where we're restored. Because if, if you think in this world, people are aching to know. They ask these questions. I always thought this was a weird question, but they say, who am I? And partly, what am I here for? Yeah, what's the, what is the point of Derek in this world? And, and sometimes we ask that, especially when we do something we don't like or, and, and, and we look down on ourselves and think, think bad thoughts about ourselves or whatever. But you see, if Jesus has forgiven all our sins and we receive the Holy Spirit and we are called children of God, then we are restored to an identity which is not something that we build because people say, I'm going to find myself which sounds like a really boring game of hide and seek. But I'm going to find myself. And, and how can you find yourself unless the one who made you, that's what, he's, he's obviously the one you're going to get your definition of who you are from. And when, when you receive his definition, I am a son or a daughter of the living God, restored to that, then you know who you are. And you actually don't need anything more. Because... The world is, is, that around us is longing to find an identity and through human glory, through human, let's get up above other people, show ourselves, uh, I'm better than you. It's, just find that thing that you're better than the whole world at and then you'll know who you are. Trouble is, a whole lot of people are just not that good at much. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but it's not. Because, you see, our identity doesn't come from what we do. Our identity comes from having a father who's loved us and restored us to our family. And there, in that relationship, we find who we are. He is father. And not only is he father, he is fathering us, his children. Which means that the shepherds could go home and still be shepherds and not think, gee, I have to better myself. They can think, I've got to look after the sheep tomorrow and the next day. Yep, because I've met a saviour who saved me and is going to restore us to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's good news when a child's born, isn't it? I want to see, who does God announce that news to? Because I remember when Michelle was born, we had our first mobile phone. You know, it's about that long. And I remember uh, being at the Port Lincoln Hospital and um, she was born and I left Jodie and Michelle inside the hospital and I walked up the hill where you could get reception because uh, they were analogue phones in those days. And I rung the people we loved. I had a list. And I rung the people we loved and said, a child's been born. Okay. Who does God announce this good news to? Who did he ring? Well, he didn't ring anyone. But he did send some angels with some pretty exciting stuff. And he sent it to, to the shepherds, who were lower class, who, who were kind of living in the paddocks, but they were Israelites. But also the news came to the, the wise men, who were from Babylon. So they're foreigners. And, and it seems like they're probably well off and quite educated. Who does he announce the news to? Well, if you spread that out, that's basically... I, I'd say that sums up everybody. Yep. Um, God sent his news to everybody and, and, and he said to, in Luke, he says, this is, I bring you great, good news of great peace, which is for you and for all the people. 
That's you and me. That's us. We are part of all the people. There is great news for us. This is good news to a troubled world which it, it languishes under so many false things. This is not a hope for a certain group of people. Do you understand? It is, there's hope for those who are well off and those who are poor and those who stay well off or those who are well off who become poor and those who are poor who become well off. There's hope for all of those. There's hope for those who are sick. There are hope for those who are well. Can you understand that? Here's controversy. There is hope for Americans. Yeah, we know that. There's hope for the Chinese who are just as loved by God as the Americans. Do you know that? And the Australians are too. Can you get that? He loves all the foreigners. Yeah? He loves those who have got the jab and those who haven't. Do you know that? Equally. That's not controversial. That's just a fact. Yeah? He loves them all. Okay? This is good news for all. And you see, but the heart of humanity has this idea that God will be for those who are good. Not those, those are nice, not those who are naughty. Yeah? They have a view of God which basically uh, is summed up in he's making a list of what you've done, he's checking it twice, he's going to find out. He knows when you're awake, he knows when you're asleep, he's not creepy at all, is he? Well, I think Santa is, if that's what he's doing. But they have this view of God, you will get what you deserve. Yeah? Yep, you'll get what you deserve. If we got what we deserved, we would all be in trouble. That is the world system. But here at Christmas, we get a different message. God sends his son to save us from our sins. In other words, he gives us what we don't deserve. People say God helps those who help themselves. That's of the world. God helps those who can't help themselves. Doesn't he? He helps, he helps those who are lost and dead in sin. And he restores what we can't. And he restores us to this. A pure and wonderful relationship with God. That is our hope for the future. All of us, every one of us, gets caught up in our hope in something else. Don't we? What's going to fulfil us? My marriage, my family, my children, my house, a certain job, uh, uh, retirement. With cash to burn. Can't wait for that. Sounds boring, really, doesn't it? Yeah, but everybody puts their hope. None of these hopes will fulfil us. The hope of the world is quite simply this. A relationship with God the Father. And that should be where all of our effort and all of our hope and all of our joy and all our peace is found. Because it is the only place where true life is found. A relationship with the Father. Can you get that? And what Jesus has done by coming at Christmas, by dealing with our sins, by, by, therefore by dealing with our sins, be, being God with us, he has restored us, every one of us, for all the people, whether we're poor or rich or whatever, restored us so that we can know the Father. And that's, what, that's everything. There is no greater gift than this. No greater gift. I should stop talking. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you that you have sent your son to us. We thank you that you loved us when we didn't love you. 
We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you sent Christ to die for us, to restore us to you. And we thank you that we can have such confidence that we can say simply, yes, we're Christians. Yes, we're your children. Yes, there is nothing between us. And I pray, Father, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we might live in all of the peace and joy and fulfilment and satisfaction it is to simply know you, to grow in the knowledge of you, to love you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. And Father, that these things in the world that uh, get in the way of that, that we put them aside and simply live in the joy of being your children. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.